Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlands podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 165. Uh, yes, we're, we're late again. It's, uh, things are crazy. We do these as often as we possibly can. We are recording <clears throat> this on Wednesday of Thanksgiving week in the United States. Wednesday morning. It's like Thanksgiving Eve. <laughs> uh, yeah, except people are not here yet to argue about politics. So yeah, I've got a big mug of root beer, which feels wrong to do this show, but I have to leave the house later to get real beer because all the liquor stores are going to be closed. And, and to go get the new Watchmen DC thing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Aren't you excited? Oh. <laughs> our, lo- our, our local comic book store owner says that it's great. He drinks. He drinks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him drink. I bought him drinks. He drinks. <laughs> he drinks. Yeah, Doomsday Clock number one uh, dropped today in some places. Uh, it dropped last night. I am not staying up until midnight to go obtain more Watchmen that nobody wants. <laughs> but by God, I will toddle out today uh, to hit the liquor store and the comic store because I think I'm going to need a few <laughs> after this one. I've heard decent, I've read decent mm-hmm. non-spoilery reviews yeah. of it. Who's responsible for this? Uh, Jeff Johns So he's Gary responsible Frank. for all of the abominations we're talking about today. Well, <laughs> ultimately... <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, it's been a big full morning of getting up at 5.30 in the morning to start the the pre-cook. If you're not familiar with American Thanksgiving, there's turkey and side dishes. And- I'm one of those like psycho people who makes everything the night before, the day before, so that, that the next day, all I have to do is reheat it. And some would say it's out of a sense of efficiency. Some would say it's it's being entirely proactive and organized. I do it because I hate watch, having my mother watch me in the kitchen. Well, it's, <laughs> she just hovers. Can I help? No, I'm good. You know, also, you need booze for her extreme left-wing political <laughs> rants that happen all day long. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we, we try not to talk politics on this show. You can't escape it on Thanksgiving. I think that's just a family thing. And no matter what, there's always somebody on some far extreme to drive you yeah. bullshit. You'll, you you'll need... get you'll get extreme right wing from your your side of the family on the phone tomorrow. So really, yes. it balances. Uh, right. So either way, I, I just need about fifteen to twenty fine Berkshire Brewing <laughs> Company steel rail pale ales, the poor man's Valium, mm. uh, in order to just keep things evened out. I don't think it's indicative of any kind of alcohol problem that um, I will be secreting a bottle of scotch in our bedroom while my mother is here. The fact we don't do that on a day-to-day basis just indicates to me we generally have to shit together <laughs> on sort of a day-to-day kind of option. Yeah. <laughs> the day's coming. I, I got to figure out how to get whiskey into my fucking luggage for when I go visit my folks at Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, they sell any variety of of things that you can stuff in your underwear that supposedly secret booze. Uh, yes. And I don't know if TSA would find it. Probably yeah, they would. That's a problem. If I didn't have to fly, believe me, <laughs> I'd go loaded for pair. But <laughs> unfortunately, that doesn't work out for me with the airline system. Yes. Some dingbat tries to blow his nuts off with his underpants, and now I can't get hammered in the bathroom the way <laughs> God intended on a flight. Just isn't right. At least not for free. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we're up at 5.30 this morning trying to put together various things, and uh, we learned something uh, apparently very important. Uh, if you're going to thaw a turkey... Uh, put something under it. Yeah, that shit might leak. 
<laughs> might leak salmonella poison uh, all over your fridge. Exactly. And you might have to go onto the internet and find something on YouTube helmed by, was it Cletus? It, it, or was it, it Cletus's wife? Uh, I didn't watch it. Both parties were involved. <laughs> we got a new fridge like a year and a half ago, and we've never had this kind of thing happen before. And yeah, all this uh, this gook with poison in it got underneath the glass, and you couldn't quite lift it out, and it wasn't clear how to do it, and it was 5.30 in the morning. And we didn't want to break the glass. And yeah, let's keep in mind that I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning in my office chair, having drooled most of a beer down my front with like the hooters on YouTube in the background. So I'm not at my best. You live a rich and varied life after I've gone to bed. Uh, yeah, I drink beer and listen to 80s rock and fall asleep and soil myself in some form or another. So I'm pissed off. And yeah, I find this YouTube video and I should see if I can find the link to put in the show notes if I remember. But yeah, it's this, this lovely Southern couple so we tried to pull the glass out and I saw a YouTube that said to push it to the back real hard. I'm like, are we still talking about the fridge? Are you speaking to me directly? I'm very tired and hungover. And to, now when you put it back in, it only fits one way. It's, are we talking about the fridge? I need you to be fucking clearer because I'm starting to get creeped out. But it was... It worked. It, it in fact worked. So. so we've cleaned the salmonella gook out from all of the various crevasses. <laughs> So, so yeah, we, we got that out of the way, and now yeah, we've got a, a window in which to, to tape before you have to go back and get everything ready to put the turkey in the smoker, and I have to go out and get the booze and the comic books. This is not an optimum time frame in which to record an episode, but... We promised but- these scumbags a show. <laughs> this is his new favorite clip, everybody. Buckle in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching cartoons this morning before Amanda screamed for help with the fridge and, uh, and caught that particular little clip. A little bon mot. Uh, it just <laughs> it feels so right some days. It, it, I was going to say, but but because we love you, gentle listeners, I honest, we're putting on a show. <laughs> I honestly did not get it for that. It's We're going to be talking about the Justice League movie. Yes. And, you know, at some point or another, it's going to talk about how it went from corporate to Zack Snyder to Jeff Johns to Joss Whedon. To Jerry and, to the Cleaners. Yeah, where somebody may probably should have said, all right, why don't we stop this and maybe rethink this as opposed to just blindly going forward. And then some voice in the back of the room said, we promised these scumbags a show. And then the movie came out. <laughs> there you go. So that's why I got it. Uh, the fact that it fits for almost anything. You could fit together. We were playing around with the soundboard before the episode. You could put together almost any two sounds on this as long as one of them is. We promised these scumbags a show. It's true. <laughs> My name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. We promised these scumbags a show. We lost a half hour of this in in pre-production. Yeah. (laughs) They got my dick message. We promised these scumbags a show. (laughs) Or the opposite order. We promised these scumbags a show. Not even supposed to be here today. It's his new favorite thing. Uh, one last one. For $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. We promise these scumbags <laughs> a show. It's a wacky morning program. <laughs> I need some cowbell. <laughs> I, know, I got Because this. we promised these scumbags a show. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> that doesn't work with that one. That's like a cowbell. No. no. We promise these scumbags a show. <laughs> oh, wow. It's the saddest Peter Griffin clip ever. <laughs> 
now put your hands together for the man who's falling apart before our eyes. We promised these scumbags a shot. All right, I'm done. I now feel I like we have to watch an entire episode of Family Guy and just play sad Hulk music as bed music <laughs> underneath it. Just it'll change the entire tenor of the show. Uh, shut I'm, up, Meg. Yeah, Do-do-do-do-do. now I wish I had shut up, Meg. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'd love to play the soundboard all day, but... We promised these scumbags a show. All right, Justice League. Justice League. <laughs> all right, let's start out with uh, It Fucking Tanked. It did. It well, if $96 million can be considered tanking. Well... It, it made more money than the, the all-girl Ghostbusters. Well, all right, that's true. That's damnation with the praise <laughs> if I've ever heard it, even though I, I liked that movie. I liked that movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's look, $96 million is spectacular, provided it's 1964 right now. Somebody give me $96 million. I'd like to tank. <laughs> well, it's Batman versus Superman, which was not as good a movie, no. even though I, I defend that. And we'll continue to defend it, defend it up to a certain point. That made $166 million on okay. its opening weekend. Suicide Squad made $133 million. Interestingly, didn't you read someplace that Wonder Woman is now like the biggest money-making superhero movie of all time? I think so. I don't, I don't know if um, Thor Ragnarok's going to catch up to it because that out of the gate made a ridiculous amount of money. Not that Wonder Woman didn't, but... Yeah, and I, the, I don't have a source for that, so I'm not The thing 100%. with Wonder Woman is it had legs. Everybody talks about, I guess, in the movie industry. I'm talking like I fucking know what I know. Um... <laughs> Um, like, like I know what I'm talking about. The uh, they say that movies are inclined to to make like ginormous money if it has legs, which means people want to go back and see it multiple times, and it gives it a longer run in theaters. Well, I did uh, <clears throat> as I was getting the I forget the website. I got the box office numbers from. I want to say box office poison or something like that. Yeah. Com, but uh, yeah, it's when I was looking at Wonder Woman, I was surprised that it was that light on opening weekend. Uh, but. And yeah, in it in its last week in theatrical release that was listed, it only made like nine thousand dollars, <laughs> but that was two weeks ago. <laughs> it stayed in theater. The thing came out on Blu-ray like a month and a half ago, and it just left all theaters like the beginning wow. of November. Okay, so, but that's globally. No, this is U.S. numbers. U.S. numbers. Okay, yeah, it was playing over down the street from us. You know, right outside of Boston. Oh, okay. Probably until maybe a month ago. Okay. So it it stuck around. Not sure Justice League will. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, whatever plans uh, Warner Brothers, DC, Jeff Johns has, I don't know how this will affect them. Uh, we can certainly speculate that a little bit later on. I mean, first of all, was it any good? Yeah, I, I jokingly referred to it in as abomination earlier in this podcast, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> I I enjoyed it for the most part. It wasn't perfect. Uh, no, it's. I'd say it was better than Batman versus Superman yes. and Man of Steel. I, I would say if you wanted to rank these movies at this point, um, it was probably better than Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, probably. It's yeah, probably. I'd I'd say it's maybe on the same level. I had some fun with Suicide Squad yeah. too, and it also looked like it was chopped apart by people who were trying to teach it a lesson. Yeah, the it was definitely better than both Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. And yeah. Wonder Woman is still the best out of all of these. Yeah, I mean, I think I put the Batman versus Superman Ultimate Cut, which I think is better than what came out in the theater. I think I originally put that as like a six. Mm. Uh, so this is probably a seven, but I mean, on that scale, yeah, Wonder Woman is like a nine or a 10. Yeah. It, there's no 
contest as right. to what's better. Um, so yeah, it's it was okay. I it, would watch it again, um, but I don't need to see it. I, did, I didn't feel a burning need to go back to the theater right away. Like Wonder Woman, I wanted to go see it again. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably pick up the Blu-ray because yeah. I did enjoy it. There was some stuff it did particularly well. Uh, story was not necessarily there were one some, of them. There were some pacing issues with this also, it, it, and that could be because... It, they were dealing with editing work from two different directors. Well, yeah, it's it clearly was going to be a thing and became another thing somewhere along the line. Yeah, at the beginning of it, spoilers. Yeah, we're, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. At the beginning of it, it opens with, and I don't know if this is in your notes, it probably is. I haven't looked at your notes. Rob won't let me look at his notes, so this is always a beautiful surprise to me. Um, <laughs> because... I put you know a few funny ideas in there, and I'd like to you know catch you by surprise because we promised these scumbags a show. <laughs> I'm broken. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So where I was going with this is it opens in very typical Zack Snyder fashion. So if you've seen Watchmen, if you've seen some of his other works, uh, it opens with a montage. You know, <laughs> and and the montage sort of tells you all of the things that you need to know visually, so that you're prepared for the rest of the movie with with background. So in this particular case, the idea is that all hope has left planet Earth with the death of Superman, and so you see people behaving poorly to immigrant shop owners. You see homeless people on the street being ignored. You you see a sad puppy. I mean, it's a whole bunch of visual images that make you want to cut on yourself when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite the downer. Yeah. It's not <laughs> it's, uplifting. It's a strange way to strange way to get the introduction to the Earth's greatest superheroes working together. <laughs> yeah, I mean really they should be running a suicide prevention line underneath it in like the crawl. It's <laughs> Um, and then you get to the end of it, and it's Amy Adams being sad because Superman's dead. So continuing the theme. Well, <laughs> actually, it opened with what was vertical, supposed to be cell phone video. Oh yeah, of yeah. Two kids interviewing Superman you know, with his weird animated upper lip because he had some other movie role and had to have a mustache for that. And they, in the the new one, they're like, "Well, you can have him back for reshoots, but he has to keep the mustache." Like, <laughs> So yeah, they it, it, Henry Cavill's upper lip is in the uncanny valley for about a third of the movie that he's in. I honestly didn't notice. Everybody was talking about that, and I, I didn't notice. There were there were a couple I noticed. I think but. I've seen too many video game cutscenes at this point. Where I'm like, oh, completely unnatural. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, the boobs are moving in two different directions. Yep. Mm. <laughs> and thank God, because that's the only way I can come anymore. I played video games for too many years of my life. But yeah, it was a really and but Zack Snyder does that, and clearly this I, I think Justice League, if I remember reading right, went into production almost immediately after Batman versus Superman. Yes, so they had to have all the pre-production and the plan in place, and then that movie dropped, and it didn't do as well as anybody thought it was going to do. And a lot of people said, "Well, this is just depressing as hell," and you're never going to catch up with Marvel this way. <laughs> and then, yeah, there was the the tragedy with Zack Snyder's kids. So yeah. Joss Whedon came in and clearly corporate was involved at some point. So yeah, it's, it feels like, like suicide squad did with, Whoa, shit, what we were going to do, we can't do. So let's try to assemble the pieces into some form of Frankenstein that hopefully can crawl off the slab and not scream, kill me. 
Editors assemble. <laughs> Write that one down. That's that's a good possible title. But it wasn't terrible. No. Uh, there were certain ways where it was better, even though I think it's kind of comparable, better than Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was edited in a way that really made it feel like two different movies that each had a similar introduction to the same character. They edited that with a Vitamix. <laughs> yeah. It just Cuisinarted the fuck out yeah. of it. Uh, this was not quite as bad. There were certain things I thought it did well. And it all had to do with the characters and how they either newly presented themselves after Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. or how they interplayed with each other. It's This is the first... This is the first time, and again, I'll, I'll defend up to a point Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, but this is the first time that Superman felt like classic Superman. Yes. You, know, you certainly can't put Henry Cavill, even in his best moments in Justice League with Christopher Reeve, but he felt like somebody who might not uh, laser your face off. For- well, the, the sense that I got was... Over the course of the, the previous two movies, so he's in Man of Steel, he's learning how to be Superman. That was our giant excuse for, for why it sucked uh, and why he wasn't Superman-like. And then in the, the next movie, the the burden and the weight of being the hope for the world and having to be there at a moment's notice to save people and then getting shit on for saving your girlfriend when you could be doing other things. Right. Um, in a way, dying has taught him the value of living and how this shouldn't be a burden. <laughs> and how, how, how. Wait, wait, say it again. <laughs> the, the burden of being a hero is not a hero. You, being a hero is about more than yourself. It's, it's about doing for others and, and being the inspiration that the world needs. Or maybe just a child needs. <laughs> Like those children who are filming him on their cell phone at the beginning of the movie before he was ripped out of their lives. Be a hero to someone. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Amanda, everybody. Amanda. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he realizes that it, it sucked being dead. And he... <laughs> there you go. And now he has a reason to be superman-like because because it's it's a gift to be alive and it's a gift to be able to have these powers to help people that's what i took from it and and that's as good a thing to take from it as any because certainly first of all he was only in about five scenes through the whole thing they they go through most of the movie you know talking about superman before the sudden oh yeah maybe we can bring him back to life we'll we'll get to that (laughs) when we when we go to how the story is a problem in this movie but uh and yeah, it's in his first scene, he was right back in Batman versus Superman, do you bleed douche mode? Yeah. They're loaded, do you bleed, Batman? <laughs> oh, all right. I thought we thought we had done this. I was willing to accept it up to They should have left the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a goatee. Yeah. Mirror universe Superman. Yeah. Ultraman. Isn't that bizarro? Yeah, Ultraman. <laughs> uh, they, Earth they, 3. <laughs> yeah. The DC expanded universe really needs to get their shit more together before they start going full <laughs> multiverse or they need to dive full multiverse to fix shit. But we'll talk about we'll get to that, that too. Uh, but yeah, that, that post credit sequence where Superman agrees to race the flash. That's the first time I saw any joy in Superman yes. being Superman. It was you know, a sense of humor. He's not Jesus dying on the cross. He's, he's a dude doing a solid for a coworker. It's like, all right, fuck it. Let's see. This'll be fun. Yeah. 
No, it's yeah, like I said, it's not Christopher Reeve. It was at least a move in the right direction. He smiled. It was yeah. exciting. And I, I was kind of psyched. And again, it's just a couple of tastes. I don't know if in a full on we're gonna make a happier Superman movie or a Justice League sequel, if he can maintain it, but there was a certain amount of charm in Henry Cavill that was not there in Man of Steel. He was, yeah, mopey super Jesus. Like somebody suggested pulling the kryptonod rod out of his ass. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a Superman that felt like Superman for, that said, they did weird shit with him. <laughs> We need Superman back because he punches the hardest. That didn't. Yeah, because Wonder Woman could have handled that, actually. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but apparently not the case. Anyway, and yeah, there's no reason for Steppenwolf to necessarily be... A, there's only one Kryptonian, as far as anybody knows, in the universe now. Why would Darkseid and Steppenwolf... It was, it was apparently less about the fact that he was the last Kryptonian and more about... They were waiting for the the Earth to meet optimal levels of emo, because <laughs> uh, the the hope and joy was sucked out of the world with the death of Superman. So not should, so much that he died; it was how it affected the Earth. So we should expect to see uh, Steppenwolf and Tom King's Batman any day now. Is what you're saying? <laughs> Skulking around, hot topic. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's where Steppenwolf lives. Oh yeah, apparently. <laughs> Uh, Batman was better. He was less Dark Knight Returnsy. Yes, is that a word? He he seemed. Where, whereas the, the lesson that Superman took from death is that it's actually really awesome to be alive, and you should just shut the fuck up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about your issues. Um, what Batman took from it was, I don't play well with others, but we need somebody who plays well with others to coordinate this. So <laughs> yeah. So I need to work on my people skills, much as it pains me to do so. Yes, and I would like to hand it off to Wonder Woman as quickly as humanly possible. Yes. Oh, no? Okay, you don't want it? Okay, maybe Superman? It's <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, Dark Knight Frank Miller Batman only makes sense in a universe of 50 years of Batman stories that include like the Adam West Batman. Yes, And this is not my original observation. I forget where I read it. But Dark Knight really works as sort of a, this is what happened to Adam West Batman. He started out, I'm going to make the world better in a bright world of simple crimes. And as the world gets more and more violent into 1980s America, it's like, I completely failed. And now I'm going to take these extreme tactics. That's the only way that really works. Yeah. Dark Knight only works in context with earlier Batman stories. Uh and it doesn't work in a vacuum. If you try it, you get Murder Batman from Batman versus Superman that, again, I didn't have as much of a problem as a lot of people did, but was, I understood that context, yeah. so I was willing to take it as, all right, this is as close to Dark Knight Returns as I'm ever going to get in a movie. Okay, I get where, okay, Batman has a machine gun in one or two scenes comes from. Yeah, and it's also where Zack Snyder and the folks he worked on the script with on those other two movies really should have thought some things through because if you're going to skate that close to the Dark Knight, then you know what's already happened to the heroes that live in the Dark Knight's universe. Right. And you can't do that for these movies. Yeah, there's... And I'm sure if we go back and listen to the episode that we did with <laughs> with Benari, and yeah, I, I kind of wish we'd uh, gotten Benari on <laughs> this episode. <laughs> but I'd I'd be willing to bet it was purely a case of 
look, you and I, Amanda, were at the Watchmen panel at San Diego in 2008. Yes. Uh, and he flat out, uh, Zack Snyder flat out said, what other comics would you like to do that he wanted to do The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. And in a later panel, uh, during that convention, uh, Frank Miller said, yeah, you can do it whenever you want. I really think... Snyder probably looked at this as this is my only chance to do the Dark Knight Returns. And whether it makes any sense at all or not, yeah. they're giving me all this money and saying, you figure out how to bring us into the Marvel future. Or the DC pro- future. The DC, well, no, the Marvel-ish future is okay. what I meant, You know, where we've got this kind of shared universe. You know, he probably thought, probably reasonably up to a point that, well, everybody loves the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, if you were 16 years old in 1986, of course you did. <laughs> Doesn't work in a vacuum. But right. he probably thought, this is my one chance to do it, so I'm going to do it and find a way to fit it all together. And all right, yeah, we'll get Wonder Woman in there and we'll start moving toward a Justice League, which will be equally dark and a, you know, a darker view, a more adult view of the Justice League, completely forgetting that 1986-87, it was Justice League International that was one of the biggest books in the world that was the furthest thing from a dark book that you could get from DC yeah. at that point that was an ambush bug, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but also, you know, looking at the characterization of the heroes in in The Dark Knight Returns, you've got sort of fascist Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that came across kind of in Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah, that Superman, up to a large point, Batman was right to be afraid of. Yeah. Um, You've got Wonder Woman who wants nothing to do with the world of man and is quite militant. Yep. (laughs) You've got Green Arrow has lost an arm. (laughs) Yeah, torn off by Superman. Yeah. Uh, And everybody else is sort of scattered. Green Lantern is also missing an appendage or something. Uh, no, Green Lantern has just left the left planet. the planet. He's, okay, he's I'm thinking the of the of... new one with the Master Race, and he's got like a virtual hand or something uh, with the ring, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Atom has shrunk himself down out of existence because why would you want to be on this world? <laughs> yeah, the the Flash is some power source for Lex Luthor. I yeah, mean, but now, yeah, now we're getting into. Dark Knight <laughs> Strikes Again territory, which I would really which prefer again, not to. Zack Snyder, if you think about it. You, Sure, Dark Knight is wonderful. Then you've got Dark Knight 2, and nobody wants that, ever. Yeah, and, and the Master Race, which had a, a couple of really good moments. 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 Pages. <laughs> I have not purchased Individual that panels. At this point. <laughs> yeah, doing, <laughs> doing sequels to classic 80s comics, it turns out is usually a bad fucking idea, Doomsday Clock number one, in stores now. <laughs> It's not fair to say. I've not picked it up yet. <laughs> Give me a couple of hours. <laughs> uh. So in any event... Jeff, Jeff, wh- why did you do Doomsday Clock 1? We promised these scumbags a show. <laughs> that sweet, sweet Watchmen money. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what's that, Jeff? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we didn't get that kind of Batman in this. No, we didn't. We didn't, and and that's a good thing. Yeah. What a- I did also like about his characterization, Affleck's characterization of Batman, is we got to see the wear and tear on Bruce Wayne, Batman, and how that served to humanize him further than 
anything else we've seen from that character. It's it's enough. It's one thing to to talk the talk and say I need to interact with others. I need to work on my people skills. I need to try not to be a curmudgeonly asshole every time I have a conversation with another human being that isn't isn't Alfred. Although yeah. Alfred puts up with it and gives it back when I do that. <laughs> yeah. And Alfred was awesome in this. Yes. It's another thing entirely to show yourself as vulnerable, and that's something that he did very well in this. Yeah, but you know what? Even watching that one scene where he's so banged up he can barely do anything. That they totally stole from readers. Yeah, (laughs) well, and also had a direct one-to-one relationship with a similar scene in Daredevil where he's eating Vicodin and can barely function and has to sleep in an isolation (laughs) tank. And I, I could almost see Affleck saying to anybody who would listen... Somebody write a scene saying I'm too old for this shit because <laughs> I really kind of want to get out of this now. Yeah, and and just to deviate from the script slightly, what I'm hoping for out of this is if they're trying to figure out a way to gracefully let Ben Affleck go off into the sunset, uh, I'm hoping that this opens a door for Terry McGinnis. I would I would love to see that in this because they've we've got Cyborg already and he's a a member a founding member of the Titans Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, rather than going in a Nightwing direction, although they could certainly do that, I would prefer that they bring Terry McGinnis into this and and have him, because then you can have Alfred, if he's still alive, running Terry. <laughs> yeah, you could bring Affleck back for one movie and then kill his version of Bruce Wayne and do a uh, an Ironheart Riri Williams slash, okay, I've created an artificial intelligence version of myself to be the voice in the suit. Yeah. And then Affleck can, you know, via Skype do his fucking lines. Yeah. You know, yeah. from fucking having yad. Yeah, while he's working on his his next great movie that involves several people with Massachusetts accents. <laughs> <laughs> A couple were good. I still haven't seen, what is it, Live By Night? Yeah. The, the last one where That's, he decided it was 1920s. It was filmed all the way up in Glorious Lawrence. Those are two words that have never been put together. <laughs> I just did. I went there. So yeah, it was a lighter version of Batman where he at least tried to interact with other people. Yes. Uh, without being completely combative. Yeah, he showed remorse over what happened with Superman and Batman versus Superman. Although the more I thought about that, the more upset it fucking made me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's one of the big laugh lines in the movie. And, and again, spoilers. Uh, it's... There's a plot point where uh, uh, Ma Kent loses the farm. Yes. And at the end, uh, Bruce and Clark go back and the the farm is out of foreclosure. And Clark asks Bruce, how did you do it? And he says, well, I bought the bank. And it's a good good laugh line. But the more you think about it, it it pissed me off. Because it's like, you know, oh, I bought the bank. Oh, that's cute. Uh, Hey, Bruce, speaking of uh, Ma Kent, my mother, you know, Martha... Remember Martha, the character whose very fucking name was one of the major plot points that stopped you from murdering Superman in front of millions of children who happen to like superhero movies? <laughs> you know, Martha, the character who made you so fucking remorseful for your role in my death? How is it you seem to have completely forgotten about her since Batman versus Superman? You helped get her son fucking killed. Remember in Batman versus Superman when a guard in your building who was... Crippled by Zod, you had nothing to do with it. You send him checks every month. Remember Bruce, that guy? But yeah, Martha. 
Yeah, you forgot about her. and let, She's dealing with the death of her son. She's dealing with the failure of her farm. Clearly she has employees, because remember, you know, I, I stood with Lois in a big field full of planted corn. You think the 60-year-old woman planted that field? No, she's got employees. She's trying to run this failing business. See, she's I falling thought- apart emotionally. You remember Martha. You couldn't send her a fucking check. Just once. So the farm didn't go into foreclosure while she mourned her son. But you bought the bank. Oh, that's cute, Bruce. That's funny. You raise valid points. Uh, in rebuttal, one, I don't think she had employees. I think part of why the, the farm is failing is because Clark did all the work in between uh, saving people. <laughs> but the field was full of planted corn. It wasn't lying fallow. Clark's been dead for a year. I don't know. It's not, it's not a... Uh, all right, so I'm wrong. <laughs> Two, Martha is a very proud woman. It's very possible that Bruce offered her money and she didn't take it. I find that difficult to believe. I think it's possible. I, I find it difficult to believe that Bruce Wayne couldn't find a way to get a check directly to the bank, just saying, you know what, don't bother that poor woman. The money's coming from here. And if she asks, just say, oh no, federal relief. Uh, <laughs> got I'm, I'm just saying it's entirely possible that she rejected any offer of monetary assistance. Okay. <laughs> she might have seen it as an insult to injury <laughs> and yet she was willing to take it back and was moving back in after he bought well, the bank and clark's gave al- the loan clark's alive now okay <laughs> it's no longer blood money all right look th- <laughs> i think we can agree there were plot problems yeah no look i i i'm coming up with a possibility but you're right it is it does glare <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll get to more of the plot problems <laughs> Let's, let's go back to good now that I've <laughs> I've ranted myself stupid. Okay. <laughs> uh, you were not in any way looking forward to Ezra Miller's Flash. I'm a Grant Gustin person. I it, I enjoy great, his characterization immensely on on the CW. It's it's a great show, and yeah, we we've enjoyed that probably the most. At least, or I think you lean toward Legends of Tomorrow as your favorite. That is. The, that is my of the favorite. Arrowverse, yeah. but I tend to like Flash best. I think it's just the best executed. Yeah, well, I mean, and we've also talked about the the characterization of these heroes on the CW versus what had previously been going on in the DC Entertainment Universe. Is there's just such a sense of of joy, and there's bright colors, and people understand they balance the the need for a certain amount of angst because the CW's demographic are people who go to Hot Topic, but. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, but at the same time, they have a sense of joy. There's a there's a lot going on that makes it enjoyable to watch the heroes take happiness from what they do. Yes. They have some fun with it occasionally. Yes. Uh, On the other hand, you know, that says to me, like, as we're leading up to this, you know, okay, so we're going to have a flash in the in the DC Entertainment Universe. Ezra Miller. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I have an angsty, mopey flash. <laughs> yeah, there was no reason uh, leading up to at least Batman versus Superman that we would think differently, uh, except he was probably the best part of Justice League. He he was a, a delight. <laughs> he's, he's probably the best. He's probably the best hope for getting an actual working DC cinematic universe. Yes, because well, yeah. Before we talk about Flashpoint. <laughs> which probably yeah let's talk about flashpoint later it's probably okay. the best hope they have to 
fix get, this. To right the ship without yeah. having to throw everything out or just say, oh, well, we'll never catch Marvel. But uh, yeah, it's somebody in a DC movie seemed excited to have superpowers. He was having fun. Yes. And yet he still followed, to me, the internal logic of the DC cinematic universe movies that started with Man of Steel. And it's one of the reason I, reasons I defended Man of Steel and the end of it where he killed Zod was, yeah, Flash has powers, but nobody has taught him how to fight. Right. And he explicitly says in this, he's like, I don't know what to do. The most I've done is run up to somebody real quick and push him over. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> and that was what I said about Man of Steel at the time. It's like, if you're Superman and you're facing off, the first time you're really using your powers against a trained soldier with the same power set, you take whatever advantage you can get to make it stop because you don't know what else to do. Right. And I think that worked very well with Flash here too. It's yeah, and and again, one of the scenes that is helping to humanize Batman is when they are going into that first fight, and Flash makes that confession. Yeah, and Batman's like, "I just need you to go in there, just save one person. Just he he sets a goal. Yeah, he make tries to make it manageable. And granted, Batman is a tactician, so he was probably banking on the sense of satisfaction Flash got." from saving the first one would be enough to stimulate him to go in and, and continue the trend. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is how it played out. And that was, yeah. a, that was one of the better moments in this movie. I really liked that. Now that you mentioned it, I'd forgotten about that, Yeah, but yeah, that's, that is a great human Batman moment with a human flash of, yeah, I've done this once or twice, but I'm scared of everything. Yes. <laughs> well, that, yeah. <laughs> flash is apparently scared of everything. <laughs> Yeah, heights and giant bugs. bugs. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm afraid of giant bugs. <laughs> I'm afraid of I'm afraid of any bug <laughs> than a dime for cra- even at a dime. I'm probably just spraying it with rain from thirty feet away. <laughs> Not a fan of heights either. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's and even on but even on top of that, with all his fear, uh, when he actually goes into action and starts to realize he can be effective. He's the only well, Aquaman kind of is having fun, but he Aquaman is having fun, but the Flash thinks this is awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> and that enthusiasm carries over at least it carried over to me. I don't know whether it carried over to the entire audience, but No, I care I, I think so because I, I caught that. They just did a really nice job and granted they were able to do it quickly because it was the Flash, so he crams as much into his stream of consciousness as possible when he's expounding. So yeah. you learn things like, I know sign language. I know gorilla sign language. I know... <laughs> yeah. The gorilla sign language thing I, I missed. Yeah, that'll that'll come up at some point. Because immediately I'm like, Grodd! <laughs> Even though I love the Flash, I don't give a fuck about Grodd. I'm the only one who can say those two statements at the same time. That's okay. Well, it's, I'm an alcoholic. I can handle these things. But. You're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> Because monkeys are funny. I get that. And if I'm hungover enough, I'm with you. But <laughs> and, and he, but the, I don't know why Jeff Johns is so goddamn insistent about having Barry's mother be murdered and have it be this driving tragedy in this character's life. It never was until Flash Rebirth. And it doesn't add anything to the character. Why can't you just have a guy... And maybe it's just a carryover. The same reason it's like, boy, I'd like to write me some Watchmen. You know, if you grew up in the eighties, it's you can't have somebody just. Oh, I got some powers, and therefore I should probably do good. I I don't know. I, I feel like some writers look at 
Superman's origins and they look at Batman's origins and they see in both of those cases, oh, so somebody who lost their birth parents and then had to be fostered in some way and how did that shape them? So then they go, oh, you know, let's let's go ahead and do that to Barry Allen. <laughs> yeah, but there's... <laughs> And, and I get it, and it's an important part of certain heroes' origins. Like, but it doesn't need to be the origin for all heroes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you need Uncle Ben to die for Spider-Man. You need Batman's parents to die for Batman. But that kind of tragedy doesn't need... A big part of... Uh, one of the bigger things that was kind of controversial at the time uh, when Crisis on Infinite Earths happens was when John Byrne wrote Man of Steel and took over Superman after Crisis. He made the decision, there is no point in having Ma and Pa Kent be dead. That doesn't need to be a motivating factor for Superman because Superman was raised right. Yeah. Superman raised by these people in this environment would know that if you have this power, you have the responsibility to do right. And it was groundbreaking at the time to to say, okay, I'm going to have these characters be alive. And they stayed alive for 20-something years afterwards. And it, it wasn't until, again, Jeff Johns writing action comics mm-hmm. before Flashpoint killed Pa Kent. And there was no point in doing that anyway because it was explicit. It was understood that with these parents... They would know to do the right thing. There was an extended speech in Man of Steel where where Pa Kent is talking with Clark and saying, because he had exposed his identity, or at least that he there was a Superman by saving the space shuttle, I think. Mm-hmm. And Clark is on the fence about whether or not he's going to continue. Uh, and Pa Kent says, I burn my family alive. I like to light things on fire. I am the worst. <laughs> It's that's it's that's your that's your sad Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't erase the point. There's characters that don't need that tragedy in their background, and Jeff Johns just seems to no. You got to kill one of the parents, otherwise it don't make sense. It's not true. It's just not true. There's no reason for Barry Allen to have that as a motivating factor. There never has been. But it keeps coming up. He keeps, keeps coming ramming up. it down everybody's throat. Doomsday clock number one on sale today, everybody. <laughs> So yeah, Flash was great. Uh, Aquaman. Uh, you damn fool! You're more useless than Aquaman. Who's the actor again? I only ever Jason remember Jason Momoa. I only remember him as Thud. Because <laughs> if you listen to any of our uh, our Game of Thrones episodes, and, and I got to remember to ping Keating when it, when it finally ends. We need a big long episode yes. about that. And yeah, it's uh, during season one. We would get drunk and watch Game of Thrones and Cal Drogo. Yeah, but <laughs> it just. And, and one of us joked, it said, it looks like his name should be Thud. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. So, so we decided we were Team Thud. And yes. I get it, when it comes to Jason Momoa, I can only ever remember Thud. <laughs> we're, we're still Team Thud. Yes. <laughs> team Thud, goddammit. If we've never used that as a title, right? That one, that's possible. Uh, I mean, Aquaman was better than I thought. I don't care about Aquaman at, at all. Uh, most people don't. I think, uh, look, you like Jason Momoa, and I get it. I'll start doing sit-ups, but <laughs> I got better hair than him, you, don't I? You do. All right, I got that going for me, which is nice, <laughs> and that's it. But uh, yeah, it was better than I thought. I, I think you made the point. Uh, clearly, they went in a Brave and the Bold direction. Yeah, it was sort of a brotastic Brave and the Bold kind of <laughs> direction. Yeah. But I I enjoyed it. I, 
I am looking forward to his movie now. God help me. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he's another one where, it, where they're going down the road of because of the loss of mom, this is why I am the way I am. And they touched on that briefly in this movie. Uh, he's the the son of of Queen Atlanta, who is the Atlantis. The no, Queen of Atlanta is very different. <laughs> no, the mom's name was Atlanta. That oh, was <laughs> all right. I'm not up on come my at aqu- me. Um, <laughs> I'm not up on my Aquaman lore. <laughs> and it's, it's it is yeah the lost city of Atlantis. And Mera worked for his mother. We meet Mera briefly, and Mera was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was fine. She looked the part. She definitely was able to trade gravitas with brotastic thud. Well, it, it, she, they just did a lot with her physically. She she had the the sort of set of mannerisms down when she was um, doing her powers on the water to create constructs that just looked very effective. Okay, I, yeah. I felt similarly with with Flash. They did a lot working with him on mannerisms that got into how he tapped into the speed force that looked kind of weird and Tai Chi and I hadn't really thought about before, but it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it, clearly they put some thought into it. And uh, it, yeah, having... Uh, he was enthusiastic, and yes. that enthusiasm uh, rang with me, even though I don't care about Aquaman. And Yeah, so going back to, to Aquaman, Jason Momoa... There, he's decided that he's going to be the protectorate of some Scandinavian community out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And he's taken the time to learn their language. I I can't imagine that he just lives there full time because he wouldn't have learned like East Coast brotasticness living there. Yeah, there's a God damn this thing every time. I left this computer on for six hours before I did this today. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount of uh, not really Jersey Shore, but uh, he probably far enough off yeah. Jersey Shore he could see it. Unless there. his lighthouse keeper dad sent him to like Brown. <laughs> for, well, that's the thing. It, isn't the lighthouse supposed to be in Maine? Yeah. Yeah, he should have a very different uh, accent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not if he went to Bowdoin. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Aquaman went to Bowdoin. <laughs> Bowdoin swallows. Bait sucks. Who went to Colby? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who went to Colby? Aqua, All right. <laughs> Aquaman went to Bowden right that one down. <laughs> In any event, um, I, I, I enjoyed his enthusiasm. I enjoyed his sense of humor when he's translating, when Bruce Wayne shows up to try to find the elusive, mysterious Aquaman, when he's translating for the town because he's... Asking the whole town, we're looking for this guy, and do you know him? I'll give $25,000 to anybody who can help me find him. And he's all like translating into whatever Scandinavian language it is, and he's saying things like, I'll just take his $25,000. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he was solid. Taking it as seriously as a brotastic guy who is you know, as indestructible as almost anybody in the DC universe you know, who's just looking for a good fight. Good. It's like, you dress like a bat. All right. That's fine. I get it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it, he was not bad. Does he make me enthusiastic for Aquaman? Almost nothing. Good. <laughs> That's just Nothing's moving truth. that needle. <laughs> no, not happening. Uh, Cyborg. This movie also had Cyborg in it. <laughs> yes. He played a very important role in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if anybody, he probably got the shortest shrift. Yes. Um, it's still reasonably solid. You got some a certain amount of background on Victor uh, and why he feels the way he does. Uh, the body horror element that you pointed out uh, while we were uh, 
discussing this over beers after we went to see it last weekend. <laughs> that was certainly there, but it, it also it felt in no way true to the comic book version. No, and this is, I think, one place where they kept in a certain amount of the original direction that Zack Snyder had intended to go. Probably. Which is a good way to go, and it's something you don't get a lot in superhero movies. You know, the uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four is the, one of the few I can think of that at least tried it, and we all saw yeah. how that one. It's and a it, hard thing to do. And it's one of those things where it, yeah, they came up with some great ideas. I wish that there could have been enough time allotted to do them justice. The, because the horror was in things like, I go to bed and I wake up every day and I'm different. Whatever you did to me with the mother box to fix me is continuously modifying me and right. I have no control over it. Yeah. Like I couldn't do this yesterday and he like does thrusters off the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then again, if I woke up and I could do that, you wouldn't hear me complaining too much. Well, but, but then again, but I have a also, working wang, which yeah. goes a long way. <laughs> he was also talking about though, that he can hear the computer language from the mother box constantly chattering in his head. Like, and what does that mean? At some point is my mind not going to be my own. Like what it means is that, Somebody, either Jeff Johns or Zack Snyder or uh, Joss Whedon, uh, really, instead of going with Cyborg, kind of went with Keith Giffen and John Rogers' Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah. Where that, that's where the entirety of the out of nowhere, just a, oh shit, we need a reason for somebody to attack newly resurrected Superman so that we could have a big superhero fight. The, the oh God, my... my my new cyborg body treats this as a threat that I can't control. That's right. straight out of Jaime Reyes. No, and I, I you, you beat me to it because I was going to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my whiskey funnel? <laughs> and, and yeah, the same thing with, yeah, the thing constantly talking to him yeah. in his head. And, and that's fine. It just means, all right, <laughs> then again, after Justice League, who knows how many more DC movies we're going to get. Yeah. But it means, yeah, all right, Blue Beetle, you've, leached some things off of this that make that less viable, but that's all right. Maybe we'll go back to the original Charlton ones. Doomsday clock number one on sale today, everybody. <laughs> or maybe it means that down the line, again, if they're possibly thinking about doing some sort of Teen Titans thing, maybe they will bring in Blue Beetle. Again, he's not a member of them, but this would be a good place for Vic, now having gotten mastery over what's happening with his body, is able to mentor a young Jamie. Which is possible. Uh, but uh, yeah, all right. I suppose you could have the, uh, yeah, the, the armor from the reach. Was it? It's yeah. been a while since I read that, uh, original, you know, they have similar power sets. Uh, look, the, the whole idea of cyborgs powers being from the mother box, you know, <laughs> a mother box that bears no resemblance to any other mother box ever in DC it comics. It didn't even ping. Yeah. <laughs> God, it, I kept waiting for just one ping. Just one pristine. I mean, ping. at least even the mother box Twitter account pings. <laughs> like if you mentioned go into Twitter right now, right? Go go find your phone. Go into Twitter. They're probably listening to this on their phone. And and at mother box or like find an excuse to mention the mother box in your tweet, they will at you and ping. <laughs> it's it's a, creepy. They did a boom tube, but it's got a <laughs> ping. They screwed it up. It was wrong and you knew it. I shouldn't have done that. Ah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, of all of them, Cyborg was the. And <laughs> we talked about this during the movie. I'm sure we didn't make any friends. Although I try to whisper, I tried, we tried to, to whisper. The well, movie. there were there were several angsty teens in back of us who I think were distracted by their own issues. Well, it, a hand job takes a lot of <laughs> a lot of concentration. <laughs> but uh, of all of all the heroes, he was the only one. I'm thinking, why not pants? 
<laughs> and he, I did not wearing, have that thought. He's wearing pants and a hoodie through the entire thing until he reveals himself to the Justice League. And you know, Cyborg's body is not a costume. Yeah, maybe it's, he's just comfortable with himself. Why I are you going to shame him? <laughs> I, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he just wants to go with what God and the Mother Box have given him, and he's <laughs> he's going to share it with the world. Just, just your, proud of himself. Let your freak flag fly, I guess. Mm. It's your freak circuits out there. <laughs> and yeah, but it's uh, what I took from it was he's fundamentally deciding. You know what? When I actually meet Wonder Woman, I think my best fashion choice is naked. <laughs> you know, to show her that there's no way <laughs> to make it non-threatening. I don't know. It just it felt weird because it's. Yeah, I would think just out of habit, pants. Uh, who knows? Who kn- Maybe there's a cut scene where he realizes the modification that day made his junk go away. <laughs> and so why bother with pants now? I, I guess. <laughs> so the one thing you can't say about Justice League. For $10 all-you-can-eat <laughs> testicle fest. It just, it, it seemed weird. I don't know why. You know, on the upside, at least he wasn't wearing tearaway pants like Dane Cook. <laughs> just... Man, we're talking the lowest expectation one could possibly have. It's like, how could you ugly this movie up more? Dane Cook pants? <laughs> okay, I suppose we could throw that in. <laughs> I'm ready for action. <laughs> Jesus Get Christ. in there, Vic. Oh. We promised these scumbags a show. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, I would have liked more with Cyborg. If there's one character out of all of them that I felt got a, a little bit of... Uh, short shrift background because mm. yeah god knows even with barry we spent a ton of time with his dad dr manhattan yeah uh the golden god whatever his name was from uh almost famous i forget the actor's name billy crudup billy crud billy, crudup. billy crud crudup sure that guy yeah so all right so flash's dad is dr manhattan and vic stone's dad invented skynet <laughs> <laughs> yeah your problem's not steppenwolf <laughs> your problem's a little closer to home yeah. in the dc extended universe the, the the interplay between the characters was was the best part of it, um, and it's good that they were all had a reasonable amount of chemistry, and they spent most of their time really dealing with the building of the league as opposed yes. to you know, this massive threat. Because uh, yeah, the threat and the story, if anything was lacking, it was the fucking plot, <laughs> yeah, which is a hell of a thing. But there you go. Um, and first of all, Steppenwolf. Who gives a shit about Steppenwolf? Yeah, I... I've seen Steppenwolf, the band, live, and I don't give a shit about Steppenwolf. Who would you have led with, then? I'd go like, straight with Darkseid. You go straight to Darkseid? Look, at some point, you gotta... That real... feels like going straight to Thanos. Yeah, but... And I get why they didn't do it. I I get that the pre-production on this probably started during the production of Batman versus Superman, and they figured, oh, yes, we're gonna go straight to, like, the uh, Avengers... Uh, Avengers Infinity War stuff. Uh, so yeah, we'll have a part one and a part two, and in part two, we'll definitely go to Dark Side. But at a certain point, somebody should have said, you're spending all this money on reshoots anyway. Just go straight for your Thanos, because you're kind of foundering. I feel like where they probably should have started would be with Granny Goodness. Actually, why fuck around? Particularly... Since the interplay between the characters wound up being the biggest thing, just do Starro the Conqueror, a yeah, a, a almost personalityless just threat that has to be dealt with. Or Amazo. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, well, Amazo only works within the context of a Justice League, so because Amazo has the powers of the Justice League. Hey, so. and, and Justice League. <laughs> yeah, but you need to have a justice. This yeah, is a chicken no, and the you, egg situation. But no, they, they could have changed it up slightly and had you know this. 
Amazo figuring out like that the they gotten a hold of Luther's files as Bruce Wayne did and picked up powers that way and then they all had to come together. You know what, Bizarro. Sure. You've you've got somebody has taken Kryptonian DNA. We've already saw it in Batman versus Superman. Have it couldn't be Luther, uh, but have somebody yeah try to clone Superman. The world need shit. Have Bruce Wayne. Oh, the world that would needs be great. Superman. Yeah, well, I need to. Yeah, that that would be awesome. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Uh, that could, have more reasons for Superman and Wonder Woman to hate him. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Affleck, you want out? And there's every indication that Affleck wants out. He He's, wants out. I am not going to direct the Batman. Uh, I may not commit to being in the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I, be in Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have... But Stephen, look, I'll admit I'm not the biggest fan of Kirby's Fourth World. Look, I started reading comics when I was five, and Kirby's later stuff is not for a five-year-old, so it never imprinted yeah. on me. You know, but... The Eternals was another one when he went back to Marvel and tried to do something similar. That's another one I couldn't read when I was a kid. So it never imprinted on me. I've certainly read a certain amount and mm-hmm. I'm reading Mr. Miracle now, which I know drives you bullshit. But <laughs> trying to keep an open mind. Yeah, but even with what I've learned over the years, I'm not sure I could have told you with any certainty that there was a Steppenwolf in the New Gods. I don't think I ever heard of him before. Yeah, Steppenwolf's going to be the big Justice League villain. He, he was a lesser known much lesser known. Yeah, I mean... Uh, so, I mean, there's... But again, there's any number of other characters that they could have if they were going to do a ramp up to Darkseid, which I don't think is the worst thing if, you, if you've decided that's who your big bad is because you want to have something to counter Marvel and Thanos. Yeah. Um, but they could have started with either Granny Goodness and her Furies. They could have started with... Because that also would have brought in Big Barda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could have started with Darkseid's daughter. Even that, I can't picture her. Yeah, she's she's a thing in Wonder Woman right now. So, okay. <laughs> there were yeah, Steppenwolf was not a, a great one. There are a lot of great Justice League villains. Yeah, I think the the easy money would have been Bizarro. Yeah, or or it could have been if they were going to continue with New Gods stuff, they could have had Orion come to Earth and try to be looking for help because of celestial threat. From yeah. Apocalypse. But even then, it's it's not necessarily... I don't think anybody would anybody was saying, wow, let's have another movie that we don't have to pay Jack Kirby for just because he created it. <laughs> I think it was more a case of when you think uh, extinction-level event in the DC universe in the 21st century, Darkseid is the first thing that you think of. Yes. And they didn't necessarily have to do that. Uh, I, I, I realize, again, Jeff Johns did it with the new 52. That's the first thing the Justice League had to face, but... Yeah, you could do a, a million of them. It, Bizarro would have been the money shot. Uh, Starro the Conqueror, uh, fine. Focus on the team, then make it just this ephemeral worldwide threat sure. that has to be dealt with. And that one would have been a good excuse. Starro would have been a good excuse because that, there's a different way to pull Aquaman in. I've been going around and I, and I found <laughs> these giant starfish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of this movie except for let's get to know Aquaman scenes took place in the water. There's no point in Aquaman being there, except they said, oh, yeah, back in the original time, Steppenwolf tried to take over the world. Uh, yeah, Atlanteans. All of, it, it, was like, it was like Lord of the Rings all of a sudden. All of the various tribes of Earth came together to defeat Steppenwolf, and there were the Atlanteans and the Amazonians and... <laughs> the, the Green Lanterns. That and, was cool to see a Green Lantern. Yeah, and the tribe of men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kidding. They said yeah. it like that. <laughs> yeah, and I think I saw Zeus, or it might have been 
Captain Marvel Shazam I, no. in there. Um, you might have seen, yeah, Captain Marvel slash Shazam. I think actually you also saw um, there's a Hercules in the DC universe just as there is in the Marvel universe. So I think that's who we saw that was on the old God side. Could be. That damn public domain fucks everybody up. <laughs> everybody gets a piece. In any event. <laughs> you know who the villain should have been? Who? <laughs> and you're not going to follow that with, oh, I wish I was dead? Because I do. Oh. There you go. I wish I was dead. There you go. <laughs> what makes Amanda feel worse? The Sugar Man clip or watching the opening montage to Justice League? Hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, the homeless guy with I tried. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay, you know. Assemble the Justice League to just crack the planet in two. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> oh. You just want to suck the joy out of everything. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm just going through. I made a list of all the plot problems. <laughs> Full page of notes. The mother... Why- why did it only make $96 million? <laughs> the, the, we've touched on this. The Motherbox stuff was dumb. That's not how Motherboxes work. That's not how any of this works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, oh, well, just put the Motherboxes together, and then Steppenwolf, who nobody has heard of, will subjugate the Earth. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, no, we need computers to take the Motherboxes apart. Oh, because that's how you saved the Earth 10,000 years ago? No, he wasn't able to actually achieve his unity. For whatever reason, I don't, I mean, he, he needs to do more hot yoga, I think. <laughs> and <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> and and so his parademons dragged him off in in retreat, and he was unhappy about it. <laughs> oh, because they smelled fear upon him. No, that's at the end. That's oh, at the okay. end. No, in 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 Hippolyta's recollection, he wasn't able to get all of the mother boxes together and complete the unity because the various tribes of Earth came and fought him before he could align them for the unity. <laughs> it's like chakras or something. I couldn't achieve unity. Uh, this has <laughs> never happened to me before. <laughs> I must have been tired. <laughs> I got whiskey mother box. <laughs> whiskey mother box, you say? Ping. <laughs> uh, quality entertainment. We promised these scumbags a show. <laughs> The, the mother box, bu- it's not even the mother box bullshit at this point. The, the bullshit around resurrecting Superman was crapped and it was based on nothing and it was unnecessarily grotesque. Uh, you've got to bring Superman back. That's part of the whole deal. Everybody, well, they, they tried to hide it in air quotes that Superman was going to be in it, but you know, they had the whole you can't save the world alone and with Superman's logo right fucking in it. Everybody yeah. knew Superman was in it. You've got to bring Superman back. You can't have the Justice League without Superman unless you want to go full Justice League International, which I wouldn't mind, but that's a whole different that's, thing. But if you do that, then you need Big Barda and you need Scott Free. Uh, that's that's true. So either way, you, you got to bring Superman back. But and I'm also looking for more things for Peter Dinklage to do. So be Oberon, please. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what they used? Uh, what was it? The Kryptonian Matrix in Zod's ship. Yes. To bring him back. Now the we, gesta- gestational chamber. It's not a Laz- Lazarus pit. We swear. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it worked exactly like a Lazarus pit. You've got a Batman who's been around for 20 years and seen some shit. Why not just have a Lazarus pit? Separate question. (laughs) Because we saw what happens in this gestation chamber. It didn't bring Zod back to life. 
it mixed up a whole bunch of shit and created Doomsday. There's no yeah. indication it could bring anything back to life. So uh, it doesn't even necessarily work that way. Why would anybody think, hey, you know, Batman has the big brainwave for no reason halfway through the movie? Oh, Superman's cells have been completely uh, untouched and uncontaminated since he's been dead. Why would you know that? You've got a webcam and the the coffin. We've got a gestational uh, pit. Let's dip his balls in it. (laughs) (laughs) That would fix whiskey unity or whiskey mother box. (laughs) (laughs) Whiskey mother box fox trot tango. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why would. <laughs> uh, whiskey Charles Foxtrot. <laughs> nice. But uh, why the cyborg just makes a connection? Oh, the mother box could be used with this gestation matrix to bring Superman back to life for, for reasons. It's just, oh no, the voice in my head told me this. This, the voice but the voice in my head told me this, and it's now been confirmed with ninety eight percent statistical accuracy by the computer that's now in Vic Stone's head. Of course, and yeah, it, that's that's why. Why I, did why did you do it? Well, the mother box told me to do it. Yeah, <laughs> this is where this fits. Oh, the voice is in my head. I burn my family alive, and I like to light things on fire. Thanks, cyborg. That's the mother sh- box told me to do it. Ping. <laughs> Thanks, mother box. Uh, that's not the plot to Justice League. That's the plot to Psycho. Yeah, and <laughs> this is not my observation. I think I saw it on Red Letter Media, but the whole thing about we have to drop the mother box. And we have to, just as it touches the gestation matrix, you have to put electricity in it. And it's this big moment. It's a, Why is it that big a deal? If you fuck it up, just try it again. Couldn't you just bring a car battery? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or better yet, just sort of, okay, uh, Cyborg, you can just hold it like right on the edge of the, and we'll put electricity in. Get, just- get the battery, and um, you, you're going to want to put the the red um, thing on this nipple, <laughs> and the black <laughs> one on this one. <laughs> That's a very different bringing Superman to life, if you get my drift. <laughs> That's along the lines of a $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. <laughs> and uh, was, was there no way... To bring Superman back to life that did not involve robbing his fucking grave, like this is <laughs> this is Rage of Frankenstein or some shit. Yeah, that seems because they went out to Kansas to dig him up. You you feel like somebody would have let Martha know? Like, <laughs> oh no, we've established nobody gives a fuck about Martha. <laughs> she's the most important motivation in the world, right, right up, up until yeah, <laughs> until she's not yeah. But yeah, some security guard. Like, how did how did they get past like whatever night security patrols <laughs> the graveyard to well, make sure that people aren't fucking digging up bodies? Well, I imagine it's not a thing that happens very often. You don't open up the Boston Globe and the front page every day is not another fucking grave robbery. <laughs> You know why? Because I think in the real world, they actually uh, have concrete vaults that get buried so that people can't go in and Ed Gein up every fucking <laughs> cemetery in America. I mean, Smallville is a small town. You'd think at the very least, like, oh, strangers in town. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You would think, oh, dressed. Well, actually, no, they weren't in their superhero garb, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, that guy seems to have like a metal face. Yeah. That doesn't seem unusual yeah, at all. The guy with the glowing eye is clearly paying night respects to yeah. <laughs> somebody that we've never seen. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's just weird. It's oh, it's Superman. Let's dump his his graveyard suited, no shoes body into this goop. 
just dump his coffin. Here's an idea. Put the whole coffin in. Do we need to see the dead fella? Is that really necessary? Well, you don't want to risk uh, something happening in the gestational pit where suddenly his DNA fuses with wood. His DNA would already have fused with the picture of Pa Kent that we were shown distinctly (laughs) dumped into the goop. Yeah. So that doesn't hold up. No. Many things here don't hold up. (laughs) There are problems here. (laughs) So, yeah, that was just gross and grotesque. It just... And for, yeah, just do a Lazarus pit. Part of the whole deal when you come out of a Lazarus pit is you're nutty for the first half hour. Yeah. So you don't need to to leech off of Blue Beetle for, I can't control myself. It sees it as a threat. Now he's out of the Lazarus pit. He's nut. Let's nuts. He's, hold him off for half an hour, and then he's Superman again. We don't yes. have to worry about it. We can move on with our lives, for Christ's sake. The whole resurrection was weird. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Flash shouldn't be dealing with a dead guy. <laughs> No, no. But it was also one of those places where we got to see him first tap into his powers. I guess. And that was that was sort of the whole point of that. But you're right. When you, when viewed objectively as a plot piece, it does not make a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's fucking gross. <laughs> and it's fucking gross. It doesn't make sense. Rob everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. There we go. There you go. (laughs) Good on you. Look at you work that soundboard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Showtime, a-hole. All right. Um, (laughs) No, I just have a note here. If that last mother box is the only thing standing between Steppenwolf and World Conquest, maybe somebody could keep an eye on it. Don't just sort of leave it next to a cop car. <laughs> Put the mother box over there while we fight Superman. <laughs> yeah. Although, of all of that, while it was a terrible sequence and just gross and stupid, it had one of the great moments in the movie of Flash trying to flank Superman and realizing Superman is turning as fast as he's moving and realizing, oh shit, he might be able to get me. <laughs> Just I'm not the, going to be able to just push this guy. Yeah, just, <laughs> just the the look of the facial acting from Ezra yeah. Miller on that was made the the scene. It's like, all right. Here's something redeeming about this fucking ghoulish horror show happening in broad daylight. Batman, I, I established, should not be seen in broad daylight. Yes, uh, just broad daylight. Batman standing there in the middle of uh, <laughs> the middle of Metropolis. Well, that's that's where Aquaman shows up. Yep, dressed like a bat. He is right to mock him. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of it was also, and I think this is another observation I got from Red Letter Media, they, uh, on purpose, made everything v- visibly brighter. Yes. Like, they upped the colors. Yeah, if you if you look at some of the trailers, there are some moments that are clearly shot to be nighttime scenes, such as Flash doing weird Tai Chi shit to tap into the Speed Force, that when you watch the movie is, is shown in daylight. Yeah, and... Batman's costume as designed for those original darker scenes. Yeah, it really looks like it looks like it's stuffed with styrofoam with just weird <laughs> shit glue, hot glued to it. And the thing is there are multiple reports of how Affleck got jacked to be uh, to be Batman. So that is him for the most part underneath all that latex, but he just looks weird like it's like um, John Wesley Ship's flash suit from the 1991 Flash, where it's like, I think that's made out of foam. <laughs> yeah, or the original Batman 
from 1989. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not Michael Keaton. That's that's some form of prosthesis. <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> but it's, again, Zack Snyder trying to do Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yes. So let's design this so it looks like he's... You know, Giant. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily need to be there. 18-inch neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my list of uh, plot problems here. Uh, <laughs> it's what are a, we on, uh, item three? Uh, yes. As a, no, four. We've moved to four. Uh, if Flash is basically unemployed and like living <laughs> job to job like a scavenger, how did he afford a suit made out of space shuttle materials? He stole it. Yeah, because they're lying around like that. Well, you know, when you're fast, you can get in and out. <laughs> I suppose. But it, they didn't even need to do that because they they took, and almost everybody has taken because it's really kind of smart and clever. The When Mike Barron took over right after Crisis, uh, one of the conceits he came up with was he was the first person to say, oh, Flash must need to eat a lot. He's burning a lot of calories. Yeah. And they use that here. But if you're going to use part of that, go in whole hog because right out of Crisis, that's when... Kid Flash had lost most of his powers, and the fastest he could go was Mach 1. Yeah. And part of uh, when he was being examined by Tina McGee, and this is not a long story to get to a heat wave, light things on fire, I swear. I have a point. But uh, part, I don't know. <laughs> part of how he met Tina McGee was she was studying how he lost his powers, and one of the things they speculated was, well, part of his power set is he has a force field that eliminates wind resistance. That's how his clothes don't just burn off of him. Yeah, no, that, that sounds familiar. And it's if you're going to use the I have to eat all the time, why not just use that and be like, yeah, you can wear any costume at all. Now I get, all right, it's a movie. Let's make a cool looking costume that maybe looks like somebody threw it together and try to put some sense behind it, but you don't need to. Because if he really needed that to move at super speed and not have his clothes burn off, he should have been just in the little scene from Batman versus Superman where he stops the robbers butt naked by the time he finished <laughs> pushing those guys. Maybe that was a cut scene. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> Things that didn't quite make it to film uh, out, of, out of editing, right? And that's when Cyborg starts wearing pants again. I suppose, yeah, that could all be on some <laughs> Ultimate Edition DVD. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's a, what else have i got here uh, i think i think the whole space age material whatever it was intended to demonstrate that it was among his skill sets when it, when we get into also the gorilla sign language bruce wayne as somebody who owns wayne tech appreciates the thought and design that must have gone into that so as he's evaluating barry to see if he would join the team and be a, a viable member. This is something that's intended to impress Bruce. Okay, I can... <laughs> Does he really need it? No, but... I suppose, except he didn't know Bruce was coming. He was not auditioning to be in the Justice League. No, he didn't, but that, But again, he, he's, he has no reason to lie about what it is. Clearly, it was something Bruce had not uncovered in his investigation of Barry. <laughs> yeah, because there, there's no indication he ever wore the thing in public. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, we're doing bits of business and it doesn't need to be here. There's a perfectly good explanation for this. Yeah. You know, one that doesn't involve, uh, yes, the the Flash, great hero, eventually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's horking shit from NASA. <laughs> just stealing from Star Labs at night, as one does. As one does. I think that's why Star Labs exists, for their technology <laughs> to get into the wrong hands. Yeah, that's that all they're there right. for. Uh, 
Yeah, the last thing I got is, yeah, sure, let's set up Justice League headquarters in Wayne Manor. That's not going to look... That's not conspicuous. Yeah. It's not going to draw attention to any secret identities. Even nah. then, I suppose you could do a Grant Morrison-ish, you know, well, of course I've been financing Batman all these years. How many billionaires can... I suppose you could do that. There's a, yeah, that felt like they were stealing from it. Oh, of course the Avengers live in Stark Tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again... I am Iron Man at the end of the first movie. Why not? Yeah. The, the other piece, though, it seemed to be a whole a whole bit about um, healing. So now he's ready to go from his mid-century modern beautiful house on the lake that he'd moved to after the destruction of Wayne Manor in the previous movie. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he needed to... He, he couldn't be around it. It was too painful. Now he's ready to go back and, and resume the responsibilities of the manor, and this is a good use for it. Which which makes sense. And yeah, that that idea of, of healing and finding... He's bringing his family to his ancestral home. Yes. And uh, one thing just occurred to me, I had all these notes on all these characters. I didn't make any on Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and it occurs to me... It's because she's just awesome, and everybody needs to understand how awesome yeah, she she's, is. she's still one of the best parts of this movie. She still has the best movie of all the DC movies. Uh, her characterization has been consistent from Batman versus Superman. Yeah, she's just really good and really sells it. There's- yes, I had the same thrill um, watching her in her opening scenes where they reintroduce her, where she's taking down some terrorists in London that I did when I first saw her go into No Man's Land in her movie. It's like, oh, yeah, I didn't, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was, it was as inspiring, but that yeah. was just spectacular. But of... Of anything going into Justice League that didn't need to be fixed, it was Wonder Woman. So it's it's almost condemning her just by, yeah, you're, you're as good as you always have been. There, there were so many other improvements to talk about. And the sad thing is all those improvements just made it, yeah, this was okay. Because the story was so fucked. Because they just bolted different shit together from different yeah. directors. Well, it did, it did advance her story. Um, it, she and Bruce get into a an office spat <laughs> when they're arguing over whether or not to bring Clark back. But Bruce says some pointed asshole shit to her about, you know, not leading, not coming into the light, hiding for a hundred years, um, makes a pointed jab about Steve Trevor. It was really dickish, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she reacts accordingly. But, she also realizes after she's had some time to process it that he's not wrong and understands, again, much like Superman, now that he knows that, yeah, being dead sucks. Maybe I should <laughs> stop fucking moping. She also understands that maybe I should get out there and and lead and inspire as I should. That was the whole point of you know, after, after everything. I, I'm supposed to go in and teach the world of man. Yeah. And that certainly progressed, although given that her opening scene in the movie was publicly stopping a terrorist attack that was on every news channel, she'd already exposed herself uh, up to a point. <laughs> we keep she, going back to that. She had she had um, made public appearances, yes. Yes. But it seems like it was on a very limited basis. Probably. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. Although fighting Doomsday in the center of Metropolis is... But yes, on a limited basis, it, it, it does make sense. It's yeah, it just it, it occurred to me as we're going through all this. It's like we haven't said anything about <laughs> her performance because of anything that was not a thing I was worried about. And yeah, yeah, was 
absolutely consistent with the quality of her other appearances. She was the best damn part of Batman versus Superman. So. Yeah, and also in terms of just you know continuity for her, continuity for the Amazons, the I think one of the best battle scenes in this movie. And we were talking with our local comic book store owner about how there's a certain amount of battle fatigue you. May get watching movies like this, yeah, because it's the same. Oh, look, somebody's getting knocked into a wall again. Clearly, they're on wires. <laughs> like, oh, they CGI'd that. Yeah, um, there was one uh, unrelated. There was a whole thing back and forth where I'm just like, which character is going to get the concussion first? Because so many people decide that they're going to use their head to try to knock somebody out in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they all have uh, super cerebrospinal fluid. Sure. Uh, why sure. not? But in any event, the the Amazons, as they are trying to defend their mother box from Steppenwolf, I think hands down have the most impressive battle scene in this movie, just in terms of just sheer numbers and tenacity. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, humanity for others when they have their their comrades fall on the battlefield. Yeah, it's not just a big CGI. It, it's not like Man of Steel, where it's just all right. Here's a bunch of action and destruction. There's, yeah, there's teamwork. <laughs> yeah, there's some choreography to it, there's and there's some, some human... loss. Now there's some there's there are hundreds of Amazons that are now trapped in in the cave in which they were trying to hold the mother box because they had hoped that that was the only way they were going to keep Steppenwolf in there so that he wouldn't get the mother box. Yeah, well, even then, it's they knew actually they're not trapped. They're dead. They're probably dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that what the, I don't even think they were hoping to trap him. Because, yeah, they immediately, it's like, we have to get this. Okay, we've closed the cave. Get it the fuck away yeah. from here because we've only got a minute or so. But there's a scale of loss and sacrifice that manages to overcome CGI. <laughs> yes. By God, they did everything that they had to do to try to protect the mother box. The mother box of man, Batman left it next to the car. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and and marginally better on the on the Atlanteans, and they had two guys. <laughs> One of them was Mara. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so it was okay. So why did it just tank? I mean, I have. I ideas. think people. I, I think I think people have been burnt by the first two movies, and I think that there was a fair amount of critical conversation leading up to this movie that impacted it in terms of questions people had validly about you know is this movie going to be able to hang together having been under the influence of two directors how much of a you know alphabet soup is it going to be at this point i do think people are influenced in ways that they weren't 30 years ago but probably were 20 years ago about buzz of what's going on behind the scenes. The first time I ever really saw it take effect was Waterworld. Yeah. Where it's, oh, it's cost this much, and uh, all these things, and they've replaced the director. And yeah, the movie bombed, because I, I think with that kind of buzz, you can start to get the stink of failure on you, whether you deserve it or not. Yeah. Again, this movie had some problems. It's a st- it's the same kind of thing that, to to a greater degree, I think, impacted the, the Ghostbusters attempted a reboot. Yeah, that that probably didn't help it at all. They certainly didn't market it as well as they could yeah. have by trying to tie it to the original. That's just going to piss people off. Right. But that's not a thing that happened here. I think the biggest thing they had was they shot their wad in Batman versus Superman, which is people probably are going to be most excited for anything from DC about seeing Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman together. Mm-hmm. And now they've seen it. Flash, I get Flash every week on the CW. Yeah. You know, Aquaman and, and Cy, well, Aquaman. You damn fool! 
more useless than Aquaman. Nobody's excited about Aquaman ever, as, as well as Thud did at the role. I and, bounced up and down in my seat and clapped. And, and so, <laughs> which is, you actually did, legitimately did. She did. Um, Team like, Thud! I'm like, really? It's Aquaman. That's because I couldn't yell Team Thud in the, in the theater. Yeah, there you go. You'd have interrupted the hand job going on behind us. That's concentrate, why, concentrate. That's, that's why we watch in our home theater. Yeah. Uh, we can control the hand jobs. Hey, yep. stop that. God. Um but, I feel dirty again. And uh, so yeah, Aquaman, nobody's going to the theater excited about Aquaman. Maybe they will now, because yeah, Thud was fine. It was interesting characterization. Cyborg is known to comic book geeks and to millennials who probably grew up with Teen Titans Go. Um, yeah. But even then, it's... Can you imagine actually having been a kid growing up watching Teen Titans Go and then seeing this iteration of Cyborg? Can you imagine? I I absolutely can imagine (laughs) because I grew up with the Batman 66 TV show and Super Friends and I got uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Yeah. So... (laughs) I'm just just thinking if I'm I'm like 12... Well, if I'm 12, I'm like, why is Superman's body? Why do they dig up Superman? You don't bring a 12-year-old to this movie? What, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Mommy, why did they do that? We promised these scumbags a show. (laughs) Don't bring a 12-year-old. Yeah, don't bring a 12-year-old. Unless they're particularly mature. Uh, Yeah, if you let your 12-year-old watch The Walking Dead, hey, fine, that'll, that'll work. But So I think that... The, the real selling point that was the Avengers selling point of here are heroes that you're familiar with. And Marvel did that smart because they were heroes that nobody who was not into comics was familiar with. Iron Man, everybody knew Captain America, but yeah. I mean, uh, Thor and Black Widow and Iron Man, yeah, they, they created the familiarity and created the excitement to get them all together. Yes. Uh, DC had it built in with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and they shot it with Batman versus Superman. So it's like, uh, I've seen it, and I don't necessarily care about these other heroes. Because, yeah, outside of a core group of heroes in either of the big publishers, you have to create excitement. And DC didn't. Yeah. You put them all in Justice League, you know, with with stupid... (laughs) Well, they, they keep doing it because it was, okay, so we've got Man of Steel. Okay. Now we've got Batman versus Superman. So it's... It's another Superman movie in which they've inserted Batman. And then at the end, Wonder Woman. They didn't get... If they would have started with individual movies and been patient, they might have had more entrenched people that wanted to go see. And if they'd been a little smarter with what they did with villains and how they did it, they could have created much more excitement with Suicide Squad. You know, because Zod has been in Suicide Squad in the last year. Yeah. Yeah, fine, but make, he's Zod, and he has to be controlled somehow with these other villains. Right. You, know, you could introduce one or two of them in Batman versus Superman, but instead you've got Luther locked away in a cell where they should have left him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoilers again. Uh, guess who's out at the end of this movie? Yeah, Yay. but at, at least we had a cool Deathstroke. We, yes. But, but again, Deathstroke, I can get on Arrow. Every Monday night. But here's here's where I'm where I'm hopeful for the eventuality of now that they've got Cyborg and they've shown Deathstroke, give me a movie that's got the Teen Titans. You call it whatever you want. It doesn't have to remain a Teen Titans. It can be Titans. Yeah. But you know, get a get a a Batman Beyond or a Nightwing. 
um, in your cyborg movie, seriously, Hollywood, listen to me, in your cyborg movie, uh, introduce Raven because that's a beautiful foil. You've got the woman who is inhuman because she feels too much so she can't show any emotion. Yeah. And cyborg who is struggling with the possibility of losing the last of his humanity. Yep. And you've got Trigon out there possibly as your big bad. <laughs> yeah, you can absolutely do it. Do it. <laughs> yep. And it's a good way if they decide not to go into Batman beyond direction. Let's let's face it, they're probably not gonna. I can hope. But you've <laughs> got to introduce somebody to be Batman when Affleck eventually, yeah, fucks off. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good way to to deal with that. Yeah, and and you've already introduced space, so, you know, find a way to to bring Starfire into it. Just just get it going. <laughs> yeah. And it's <sighs> And that's part of the other problem. It's <laughs> Warner Brothers and DC have not done themselves any favors between all the reshoot, new director, new writer, last minute stuff with Justice League. There's all kinds of press that it's just a shit show behind the scenes. Flash has had what three directors? I think uh, so. Yeah, Aquaman's had a couple. You know, it's oh we've. Uh, hired Black Adam, and now, okay, we're going to have a Black Adam movie. Oh, no, there's going to be a Shazam movie. We've cast Shazam. Uh, but, Which is awesome casting, Zachary Levi. <laughs> and, yeah, he'll be great at it. And The Rock is Black Adam is is a gimme. Yeah. But at the same time, what's happening in that movie? Who the hell knows? Is there a director? And shit, I don't even remember. Ben Affleck's doing everything but blink, let me free, and Morse code every time he does press for yeah. Justice League. DC feels like it's flailing and doesn't know what to do. And that gets back to that kind of, you know, oh, if the buzz is bad going behind the scenes, people are like, oh, maybe I don't want to see that. Maybe I'll wait until video. Yeah. And it, yeah, it feels like they don't know what they're doing. And you don't get that from Marvel. Whether you agree with what they do or not, there's no question they have a plan. Yeah. They're a team. They, they're in. <laughs> yeah, as long as it doesn't have to do with what they're doing on free TV. Because, yeah. yeah, that, it feels like uh, Inhumans, nobody was screaming for Inhumans. No. Is that even still on? I have no idea. I don't, I've never cared about the Inhumans, <laughs> don't care about them now. Um, but yeah, with, with DC, there's just, there's no feeling, and they've, DC's talked about, well, maybe we'll have these movies that aren't in continuity. Right. I think they've said that about uh, Batgirl, that yep. Joss Whedon is still supposed to be attached to, that it may not be part of. So it's, there's no reason to feel like they're invested in this federated movie Universe. universe, yeah. Because, yeah, Wonder Woman has fuck all to do with even what happened in Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. It takes place back in World War One. Yeah, and they're saying the sequel is probably going to take place in the 80s. Yeah, so that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. It's almost the same thing with Suicide Squad. You know, we get a couple flashback scenes with Batman, but otherwise it almost... It, and yeah, they talk about, oh, the Superman's gone, so we need to create this team, but what Suicide Squad did, shit, they didn't even mention that right. here. And also, you know, if that's your rationale for why you've created Suicide Squad, what purpose do they have in existing now that Superman's back? Uh, yeah, and now that Superman's back, and there's a goddamn Justice League of America. Yeah, other than Waller wants hers. Yeah, so it really feels like the DC Cinematic Universe is not doing... It's not as well thought out as it could be. Yeah. They and... need to... What they need to do, and this pains me, but it'll help plot... Jeff Johns needs to go hat in hand to, to Jonathan Hickman's house. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Hickman? Yeah. 
Avengers Jonathan Hickman? Because bloodless, I do plot really well, but character. Uh, uh, okay, wait, what are those words you just said? I do plot really well. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then Johns can punch up the fucking dialogue. He can kill a few mothers because that's yeah. his thing. <laughs> yes, it's bloodless, but by God, the plot is fucking pristine and well thought out. <laughs> it's what I think they need to do and fine do that setup for this but do it for flashpoint flashpoint they have said that flash movie is going to be flashpoint flashpoint existed to reboot existing continuity god hopes they know they've learned enough to not and then we'll do new 52 versions of everything it's enough of an excuse you can retcon away the shit that you don't want yeah you can take away the superman zod destruction of metropolis you can make superman's upbringing not a fucking stone bummer i just had an awful thought go on what if they're not planning on going with flashpoint what if they're deciding that they want to bring the watchman movie into this continuity (laughs) what if what if dr manhattan is going to wave his blue wang over the dc (laughs) entertainment universe and they're going to go uh, renewal via rebirth. <laughs> I hope they don't do that. <laughs> I'm okay with Flashpoint. I, I, I know. I never, I never thought I'd say these words out loud. I am okay with Flashpoint. Yeah. It's, it, they can be selective with it. Just, the same way they were selective with Flashpoint, where it's like, okay, Green Lantern will leave alone. Batman will leave alone. Leave Wonder Woman alone. Leave all of that completely intact. Maybe use that as your excuse to get Steve Trevor and Etta Candy into the present. So great. They can be in modern Wonder Woman movies. That's fine. Make it a new, younger Batman. Be a Batman Beyond or whatever. Affleck, you don't want to be a part of it? Okay, fine. We're just going to wipe that off the board. Yeah, you can keep Pa Kent alive with Superman. God knows they want us to keep remembering him. We see pictures, we see flashbacks, no yeah, matter did what. Did Kevin Costner make a nickel because that photograph was shown in this movie? He probably did, and he'd probably show up for a hot meal. So <laughs> give Kevin something to do, for Christ's sake. Yeah, get rid of all that fake trauma and Clark's upbringing. Yeah, get rid of that General Zod thing. The whole thing that everybody hate, make it never was. You know, And the sad thing is, the DC Expanded Universe feels like it's so chaotic and in flux and, uh, oh, I don't like how this is going. I like the Marvel stuff better. They would probably get a huge audience for Flashpoint just by marketing that, you know what, all this Zack Snyder bullshit that didn't work, we're going to make that different. <laughs> it's a whole new starting point. They could probably do great with that. I, I, ho- I hope that's what happens. <laughs> who, who, who wrote um, the Doomsday Clock? <laughs> I just I just want to hear the words. Uh, now I can get That's it. not the one I wanted. I want this one. Where's my whiskey bottle? <laughs> Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns wrote the, the Doomsday Clock. Uh, Doomsday Clock number one on sale today, everybody. <laughs> and we should wrap this up so I can go buy it. Yes, you should. Because I don't have enough agita in my day today. <laughs> <laughs> Is anything else you want to talk about no, with us? I, th- I, I think uh, with this final uh, chilling conclusion... <laughs> that we're probably going to see Dr. Manhattan's Blue Wang in the DC Entertainment Universe sometime in the next five years. We should move on. They got my dick message! No, we don't want that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Justice League, uh, final verdict. It's worth watching. It's worth watching. It's uh, 
but you could also not that I, I want to wish it ill. You could just as easily wait for it to come to a streaming service or Blu-ray. I think the public have spoken, and that's what most people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I'll get the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Wonder Woman is still the high point of this. It really is. So, <laughs> all right. Anything else, or should we wrap it up? I think we can wrap it up. All right. Uh, don't know where you found this particular episode, because God knows they're hard to find these days, <laughs> but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, we are on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Crisis on Infinite Midlives. We are on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, we're on Tumblr, Crisis on Infinite Midlives.tumblr.com. We'll be on Mastodon at some point. I set something up, but... That's like <laughs> Twitter, but not Twitter. Yeah, it's it's a free open source Twitter with uh, far few people screaming political shit. Lots of furries. Many furries. I set something up on there, but I forget what it is. So we won't talk about it this time. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. And if that's how you get your podcasts, uh, do us a favor, give us a rating, give us a review. It helps new people find the show, you know, whenever it happens to come out. Uh, where else are we? We're on Google Play Network. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Uh, This has been episode 165 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. I made the soundboard button red so it'd be easy to find. We promised these scumbags a show. (laughs)